This is a bundle of thoughts. I'm Jeremy Newton. You walk into your favorite coffee shop. It's busy. You order your usual, and you grab the last table. As soon as you set your things down, the table shifts. You've drawn the short straw. A wobbly table. Now, a wobbly table really does seem like an insignificant first world problem, until it's your turn to sit at one. Sometimes a napkin under the bad leg will fix the issue, but after a while, the napkin is too smushed to do its job. Fortunately, mathematics has a solution. As long as the table is square and the legs are somewhat even, rotating the table between 0 and 90 degrees will steady your table. This result is as close to magic as math gets, but the proof is clear and straightforward. There are a few prerequisites to the solution. The first is that there are no holes in the floor or giant spikes out of the floor. Hopefully this is true in most cases. Second, the floor must not instantaneously slope by more than 35 degrees, not to be confused with 37. So this won't really work on many golf courses. Finally, the four legs of the square table must be even, or in the real world, at least close to even. Now the proof follows as such. Imagine the table legs are paired off with their diagonal opposites, catty corner or kitty corner depending on your region. One pair is the blue corners, and the other pair is the red corners. Think about the distance that each pair is hovering above the ground. One pair is firmly on the floor, while the other is teetering above the floor. For the ease of imagination, let's say the red corners are above the ground, and the blue corners are firmly on the ground. If we were to take the difference of the red above the ground minus the blue above the ground, we would get a positive value, because red is above the floor. It would be something like x minus 0 equals x, where x being the size of the gap of the legs to the floor. Now the magic happens when we turn the table 90 degrees. The red corners and the blue corners haven't changed, but they have switched places. This means that if we recalculate our simple difference, we get a negative value, specifically 0 minus x equals negative x. This doesn't mean that the table is now somehow buried into the floor, but it does mean that somewhere in our continuous rotation, we went from a positive value to a negative value, meaning there was a point that crossed 0, making this an application of the intermediate value theorem that you learned in high school. Zero as an output of our difference means that both pairs of legs were firmly touching the floor without a wobble, QED. The first record I could find of this discovery in mathematics was published in 1970 by Roger Fine and was later found in a 1973 article of Scientific American by Martin Gardner. It has been the subject of at least two well-subscribed math YouTube channels, Numberphile with Dr. Brady Heron, and MathLogger with Dr. Picard Polster. If you're looking for a visual description of this proof, I would highly recommend both channels' video on this subject. One last time, if you have a wobbly square table with even legs, there must exist a turn between 0 and 90 degrees that will steady the table, known as the wobbly table theorem. I have a bonus thought for you today. Have you ever noticed that all modern windmills have three blades? This is even more striking once you know that four-bladed windmills produce more electricity, or that two-bladed windmills experience less air resistance. 
Why do we only have three bladed windmills? While it is true that a four bladed windmill would produce more electricity, it wouldn't produce enough electricity to pay for the manufacturing costs of a fourth blade. And while it is also true that a two bladed windmill would experience less air resistance and could make the same amount of electricity by increasing the rotor speed, this would have two negative outcomes. The noise pollution generated by the windmill would be increased, and the increased speed would decrease the windmill's stability, increasing the possibility for catastrophic failure. A two-bladed windmill could spin so fast that it would actually break itself apart. Overall, it's a better idea to have three blades on a windmill. I'm Jeremy Newton. The music is by Nathan Bowler. If you'd like to do me a favor, share this with a friend, or leave a review wherever you found this. Why not both? And thank you so much for listening to this bundle of thoughts. 